was a time of night when I'd lay in the starlight and I would think to myself said I would think to myself I would I would say I I don't think I could go Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Avamero Podcast. We're changing it up. It's no longer the Pain Panado Productions and the Pain Panado Podcast. It is now the Avamero Podcast, hosted by me, Joseph Panado, and I am sat here with Eric. Hey. Hey. We're going to be talking some shit, pretty much. Um, got the studio set up again, so we can start pumping out the content as per usual. And that's it. So, Eric. What's happening? How are things, man? If I'm answering this honestly, things could not be better. Good. Things could not be better. Situations could be different, but personally, I could not be better, dude. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I think I could probably say the same thing. Of, but then again, things could always be better, though, couldn't they? It depends on your perspective. Like the way I choose to look at life is, uh, like, I believe what I tell myself, so... It's almost like a game I play with myself. The more I say that I could not be better, the more I believe that, the more I feel uh. that. Because I've had highs. I've had ultra high highs in my life, and I've had ultra low lows in my life. And they're all fleeting. It's like a wave. But right in the between that wave, is like, that's where I live. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm fucking good, dude. It's like you were saying on your last podcast, the equanimity, right? Yeah, calmness. Just that balance, right? Mental calmness. Damn. I, I'm not like that in any way, shape, or form. My life sure. is like fucking roller coaster. I haven't right? always been this way. Practice. Nope. <laughs> I practice. I practice every day. It takes hard work. Doesn't every it? day I practice. Man. Yeah. I practice being the person that I am. I guess. I don't know. Like my my emotional status usually goes from like either I'm doing fantastic, which is most of the time, but then I get those like really heavy dips. You know. And oh, me too. They've been pretty often. Me too. Otherwise, I me. yeah, definitely. Otherwise, I kind of just exist in like this this type of emotional limbo you know mm. and i think that might have taken practice for me to get to as well but i wouldn't say it's calmness of mine because you know the dude up there is fucking like screaming most of the time yeah, yeah, yeah. but at the same time i'm able to just constrain him sometimes you know? it's calmness of face <laughs> roughness of mind yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> yeah. that's that's uh that's the tenant that i that i believe yeah. myself to go by <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's just practice, man. Oh, definitely. Everything's going to knock us off the horse. Yeah. I like I like being knocked off my horse. I enjoy yeah. that. It's probably one of my favorite things because it kind of switches things up, you know? If things are going too well, I get bored. I get bored so easily. I hate, like, progressing to a point to where I get, like, uh, what is complacent. I need something bad to happen just so I can get that motor running again there's no growth in complacency exactly the point yeah. yeah exactly the point i'm trying to make that's why i say i could not be better because regardless of the situation i'm in there's something to be learned something to be gained and growth to be had from the positive and the negative yeah so if i try to stay right on that line right in the middle i can i can learn something from those but if i'm on top of the wave or at the bottom of the trough as it's going across I can't see what can be gained. Right. If that makes sense. So like regardless of how shitty my situation is in, like when I lived in my car, didn't have anything, had no fucking money. Most people, that would be a horrible situation, you know? Yeah, but you make the best but out of it. But it's like, you know, what can I do? Like this is my situation. So if I go around telling myself this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, it creates a negative 
atmosphere in my mind and in my body and in my own personal reality. Yeah. That's, it's just that simple. That's pretty much it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Agreed, brother. So. I got a question for you. Let's do it, man. Where do you see yourself in five years? Five years? My five-year plan? No, um, not a five-year plan. Are you hitting If you were to right just now? close yeah. your eyes and visualize the person, the life that you are going to have... I don't need to know your plan. I just want to know. I would probably say that I'm just not here in Florida. I definitely would be probably northeast or west of here. Things went really well. Probably Europe. I wouldn't okay. mind living in Europe. So that's the location. What would you be doing? What are you What are you doing? In I definitely want to be messing around with media and whatnot. I would like to become a producer and learn how to like sound engineer and things like that. But at the same time, I also you know want to be famous. So I'd, I'd love to be an actor and I'd love to know how to do. Um, all of those things or at least sorry not do all of those things but like get into that type of community so i'm able to do that so like new york in the northeast or maybe sure. even go to like las vegas do some stage acting over over there in nevada um which is where las vegas is by the way oh is it yeah i think so um oh, i saw it on the map. that's a new one for me I saw it on the map once um or even europe you know <laughs> i don't even know what theater is like over there i have no idea i've never even looked it up but it seems like a place that good actors come from, you know, Daniel Day Lewis. Um, that's the only European? one I care. I'm pretty sure he's European. I think he's American. You sure? I'm pretty sure. I feel like he's European. I think he's American. Well, that's how good of a fucking actor he is. Yeah, definitely. Let's see who's a good European actor. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, Tim Roth, to that effect. I'm not Tim Roth. You ever seen Rob Roy? Jeffrey Bean. Who's that? He was Ned Stark in Game of Thrones. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ned Stack. Ned Stack. You've got you know, to go to Winterfell. You know you're a badass when they kill you off in the first season. Oh, definitely. But then again, he dies in like the first hour of anything that he's in. That's the only thing I know, man. I just remember hearing people say, oh, that guy's awesome. Yeah, he's pretty good. I like the person that played uh, Baratheon uh, better, though. He was such a, like a... A rambunctious character. Was he the? He was the other guy that died, right? That guy. Yeah, the one that got. Pig. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. His voice, his accent was fucking fantastic. So good. So lovely. Mm. I'd love to be like. Uh, I'd love to be like one of those types of actors, like working in classical, like historical things, you know, fantasy type settings. Yeah. Um, but I really would enjoy to do like a noir James Bond type deal as well. I see you as a Kevin James type character. I don't see you acting as much as I see you producing. Gotcha. Yeah, I know. And I'm kind of not Kevin kinda, James. Uh, what's the dude? Kevin Smith. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not as fat as Kevin James. Definitely not as fat as Kevin James. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. I appreciate that. I work hard on my body. goddammit. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm seeing that like lately because if I were going to get into acting, then I would have done so already. Like as a kid, I would have like stayed inside theater. I would have, you know, really taken uh, lots of time out of you know my life right. to dedicate myself to that. But I'm more than comfortable just being here, editing, uh, you know, doing things with my voice and things like that. I was thinking of voice acting as a middle ground, you know. Um, I can do lots of accents and shit like that, so it it just seems like it just seems like the best way, you know, to be able still to act without actually going out there physically which kind of hurts my soul because the child inside me is like oh but you were in musicals you could totally do it you were in musicals yeah i was in pirates of penzance and you're a good man charlie brown 
Damn. I was the main actor cool. in both of them. I think I have a DVD somewhere around here. I'll upload that to the page so people can laugh at me. It's great. I have always wanted to be an actor. I thought it would be really cool. Or just yeah. a performer of some kind. Like, uh, uh, oh, that fucking guy. What's his name? Uh, Christopher Walken. Like, yeah. he's an actor, but he's a performer. Like, yeah. he dances. He, he sings as well. Just, yeah. I would be that type of guy if I ever got into acting. Mm-hmm. I think that's who I would be. With some Kevin Smith, probably. Not Kevin James, too fat, but... But Kevin funny. Yeah. But funny. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, man? Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, shit, dude. I see myself. And I have seen myself. So, I see myself walking out into a, onto a stage in a room of maybe 300 people getting ready to deliver some comedy that I wrote that I spent my time developing and using using what I believe is my best tool and that's my voice, my mind. Um, and uh, it's not only that I see it, I know that this is me. Like I know that this will be me. Right. Uh, I see I will be living in some sort of mobile home, like a, my school bus is ultimately like what a I slipstream. No, just what a school called? bus, converted school bus, traveling around uh, and performing comedy. Damn, dude. And That'd doing my cool. podcast. That's all I want in life. Just like the bus of creativity. Yeah. I. What I learned from the my traveling. time living in my car, I spent the most time I've ever spent in public Yeah. because I had no place to go. I would go to coffee shops and just sit and write and read and watch people because I had no place to go. Right. They had Wi-Fi, so I could use it to look things up, obviously. Um, and people, I just, being that free, I guess, made something radiate from me because people would just come over and sit at my table and start talking to me that I'd never seen before. Yeah. They'd just come sit down and just, I'm like, who are you? And we would just start talking. Uh, but they would, I learned see, they would that, see your aura of openness, yeah, Eric. That's what I it is. So. Yeah. I learned that having no, like... And I'm doing quotes, no comfort, right? like no place calling me to get back to that was comfortable for me to like rest for the day. Yeah. Yeah. It kept me open to the possibility of the world. And that's what I honestly want to get back to. That's all I care about because I felt so free. I felt like I could do anything, be anything, go anywhere. And, and I felt really open to love and give to everybody. And so that's all I want, man. I just want. Like we talked about before, what's the one thing you would give to the world if you could give anything? Well, just and I, say I, that you're going to be okay and yours was... Uh, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. Whatever you want to do, you can do it. Yeah. That's all it is, man. It is all it is, isn't it? I think finding ourselves there is probably the hardest task of living, you know? Oh, finding ourselves where? Finding ourselves in that space of mind that allows us to feel like we're okay and also to feel like we can do it. Why do you think that is? Uh, just people struggle. They don't believe in themselves. They're not built to believe in themselves. They're not taught the uh, they're not taught the skills necessary to appreciate themselves and in that case also appreciate other people, you know? I'm going to throw out one word. Comparison. Yeah. People like to compare a lot. This person's situation is better than my situation. Can I do what he does? No, I can't because he's better than I am at this or that or whatever. And also, that person's probably saying the same thing uh, as an analog to the person that's looking at them, you know? They can't do what I do, and I look down on them because they can't do what I do. Not all the time, but usually, you know, that's, I feel where, that's where people start to not like each other. (laughs) 
as this much as they should. This person has something that I don't have. What do they have that I don't have? It's envy. Uh, yeah, like, it's envy and jealousy. I mean, that's that's what it is. And I don't think that we're taught from a young age that to dream big, to reach for the stars. I know I wasn't. You know, I wasn't taught that. It's like. You get up, you grow no. up, you get a job, you, yeah. you you plug yourself into society. And if you don't do that, you're a failure. I mean, my, my generation was pretty much, I want to say, when that all began. Like, you can do anything, you know, you can you can reach the stars, you can become an astronaut if you want, you can become a president. You have the power to do that, right? Mm. But it kind of backfires, though, because then you get, like, a sense of entitlement. Oh, I can do everything, right? But why would I, you know? How hard should I have to work for it? And then when it does become hard, whichever path they want to take, it's discouraging because they've never really had a struggle in life. They thought everything was going to be easy. So when they get past uh, high school, I've seen a lot of uh, friends of mine just fail because they have to work too hard. They have to do too many things in order to achieve the results that they want. Do you think that might be because we're taking... we're not hearing the whole part of the equation because we're taking the advice that you can do anything from people that haven't done anything. Ask that. Huh? (laughs) So, you know, part of the equation of being able to do anything, be anything and achieve anything is putting in the work to do it. So it's not just this belief that it's going to happen. I see. It's going to happen. I got you. But we're constantly hearing you can do anything, be anything, from people that haven't done anything or we're given we're we're given the answers to the equation but we are not given direction what the equation is we're not given like one plus one we are only given two and so people go i already know the answer this is what i want how to get there i don't know how to add or subtract or whatever the fuck we're not given those tools because i would say it's a lot easier to be a kid nowadays a lot more distractions that were around especially when i was growing up um yeah. I might disagree with that. Are you? I might disagree with that. Damn. About being easy to be a kid. It's easier to be a kid now. Oh, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm I'll be 37 in a week. Joseph's what? 25. I'm 25. So we're we're about I wouldn't say a generation, but I mean a good 12 years is a nice. You said you'll be 37. That's a good buffer zone of difference. Definitely, you'd be. My mom's turning 40, I want to say, in October 19th. So yeah. I'm not sure if you're in her generation or if you're in my generation, to be honest. I've lived half my life without the internet. You've lived almost your whole life with the internet. So yeah, yeah. I think, that's I think big... in 93 is when I was born. I think that's probably when the internet came about, like, you know, for everyone. AOL discs. Whoa, crazy. <laughs> and I think not having the internet is, and not having the connectivity is what made it easier to be a kid. Oh, back then. Yeah. I would say it makes it easier to be a kid now. Well. But I didn't live back then, so I wouldn't really have a frame of reference. I feel like the things that kids do are go, are go is to explore. Right. Like that's your time to learn things. That's your time to learn uh, when when it's like what hurts and what doesn't hurt. What like I don't know. You just are we talking about like playing it. outside, scraping your knees, that type of well, like, interactions kind of with the world? We had the ability to to be out of touch of our family, right? So like when you left the house that day to go play, you were gone. Yeah, nobody could just call you and bring you home. Yeah. You had no tether to where you were. People trusted you as a kid. Now nobody trusts kids. Yeah, like they trust you. Had to have some sort of independence, even as like a seven, eight, nine, ten year old. Right now, you look at a seven, eight, nine, ten year old. They're fucking lost. Hmm. They have no 
no calibration to what the world actually is because they don't get out. What do you mean by that? Like no calibration to what the world actually is. Are you saying that because they're, you know, trapped to like these screens and also these constant distractions and stuff that they're, they're not in touch with what the world is. Well, I guess they're in touch with what the world is becoming, but I, I feel like what we see on screens and in technology is not real. Mm. You know, it's, uh, but then do now I just sound like some old guy. Uh, I think the word is fogey. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah <dude. laughs> oh yes, I have old fogey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's any, I guess it wasn't any easier to be a kid. It was just different being a kid. Definitely was different. It was a different, I think you gain, we gain different things like now, like I'm not very good with technology, but I also don't try to be. Yeah. Whereas now that's a big thing for kids. I was in that weird spot to where like until I hit like the age of maybe 14, 15, I was playing outside most of the time. Um, I remember like when 9-11 happened. That's I think when all that started declining a lot. People became a lot more afraid of each other. You know, they well, became I feel a like lot it was just once bad. they had the thing inside and they didn't have to leave. Yeah. Like the world was brought from outside to in your home. Yeah. You could access the entire world in a box in a room. Yeah, pretty much. You couldn't do that before. There was no point to going outside and building a fort because you could just, you know, go on the internet and look at all these kick ass forts that other kids have built, you know? For me it was porn. Yeah. I discovered porn. My first porn was on VHS. Oh yeah, mine too. My like mine was like magazine and VHS, but our lives are so similar. But then the access to it. The first oh, time I had access yeah, yeah, yeah. to like unending porn. This isn't the type of shit that's under your mom's bed. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's no such thing as a uh, you know a limitless supply. But once I you, I really feel like that screwed me up for the long run. Probably did for me as well, dude. It was fucking young too. <laughs> it was bad. But I don't, I don't want to talk about kids, dude. I don't. If if I were to put kids and porn, anybody, that's uh, that's a topic of today's podcast is kids and porn. Kids and porn. Kids and porn. Kitty porn. Now we can't post this thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, We're not talking about kids starring in porn. Yeah, not kids in porn, just kids and porn. <laughs> <laughs> Only here at the Admira podcast. That's great. I don't even know what we were talking about before, but yeah, it's we probably were... no harder to be a kid now. That's what it was, yeah. Dude, it was probably all the same. Definitely different. I, I mean, I, to go against myself, I would say that it is a little bit less less quality of a life to be a kid in today's age. I would say that because I was able to go outside, you know, before the internet came out specifically is when that stopped as well. You played too many video games when you're at home. Your friends come over, you play with them, yada, yada. And then that just stopped. But in between the time of like having video games and playing outside and it's stopping, like we'd go outside sometimes to play manhunt, you know, uh, whatever, hide and seek, chess, uh, basketball, that kind of stuff. And I can't remember for the life of me the last time that I've done that, like went outside and did something with people that didn't include drinking, that didn't include, you know, going to a building and having fun there. Like the last time I went to a park. The last time I went to uh, the beach, maybe. The last time I've done anything that was not inside of a fucking building. That's a lie. I did go to the beach like maybe three months ago. Maybe, uh, yeah. Dude, that, that may, I never thought about it. But that might be one of the reasons I keep golf as such a big hobby in my life. Yeah, wide open space. You know, you're not yeah. stuck inside of a fucking building. And I remember that my life really 
it just didn't have that same like warm feel to it because I wasn't interacting with other people outside. It kind of became cold and it became a technophobe and I'm just like the little hermit now that stays inside of his room and doesn't fucking do anything because going outside sucks. It's too hot. It's Florida. Ugh, gross. Yeah, yeah, it is hot, man. But like kids that were born in that time when that stopped for me, they never went outside. Right. My little brother, I know for a fact, has never gone outside to play with one of his friends ever. He might have like went outside to walk to his friend's house, right? So they could play video games or whatever, but that's about it. And it does kind of hurt, like, I know there's a lot of kids that are in that situation that are not going to have that playing manhunt outside, playing basketball outside, just with the friends out in the streets, you know? Like you were saying before, when I was a kid, I was able to leave the house and I was gone for the day. I had one rule and that was just be home before uh, when the lights come on, you know, the street lights and stuff. And... He doesn't have that. Didn't grow up the same way that I did. It's hard to connect with someone like that because his mind is completely different than mine is. He hasn't had to grow up as fast as I did because of me playing outside and also shit that I've gone through. Yeah, it's, it's a cushy lifestyle. It's cushier for kids these days is what I'm saying. That's my point is that Maybe it's cushier. Maybe on the outside. I think there seems to be more depression Oh yeah! These days. So, Fuck yes! So I would so I would argue that their life is not more cushy or not cushier because internal struggle can is almost more devastating than external struggle. I would say that the depression is a result of the cushiness. I think the depression is a result of not having any guidance. I don't put the blame on kids, man. I don't I put no, the blame no, no. on adults, right? I don't because either. We're not that, teaching yes. kids how to deal with the world. We're like, I mean, we work at a restaurant, so right. we see it all the time. All these families that come in with their children, they don't talk to each other. They just put their fucking kid in front of a in screen. In front of the screen, yeah. And that screen becomes the babysitter. Exactly. The and, and even in my gen- like younger generations, I, I think the adults don't spend the time to understand the environment they live in, the world. They don't read philosophy. They, right. don't, they don't follow these thinkers. So even they don't understand how to deal with the world completely and not... And it just it's it's a snowball. Everything's a snowball. Yeah. So now we come to this place where the adults are supposed to be the ones showing the children how to live, but the adults are wrapped up in the same bullshit that the children are wrapped up mm-hmm. in. Like now you see it where forty year old moms are dressing like the fifteen year old daughters. Yeah, dude. And it should be the opposite. It's scary. It dude. should be the the adult is setting an example, but in but it's not. The child is setting an example for the adults. Yeah. So you do. But you know what? It's all beautiful. It's all perfect. It's all exactly how it's supposed to be. I think you have changed my perception on that, actually. Because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a cushier lifestyle if they're raising themselves, essentially, like in that aspect, you know? But not all of them would make that choice. And I would say a fair lower percentage of kids in that situation would even know how to begin or even have that in their brains that what the fuck am I doing? I need to, you know, pull myself away from this alternate reality real quick and really work on my own fucking life because the parents aren't going to fucking do it. They don't give a shit. (laughs) So they can't even work on their own. Exactly the point. Exactly the point. I mean, mom's over here putting on her fucking mini skirt, you know, and the daughter's like, oh my God, I'm going to have a fucking nervous breakdown right now because I've done nothing with my life and I'm 19. I've graduated high school. And I can't get my mom to stop playing Candy Crush. Exactly the fucking point, dude. I haven't talked to her. I don't even know who my mother is. You know, that type of shit. Yeah. And I feel like my role as a, I mean, I don't know what my role is, but I, I, I really enjoy young people mm-hmm. because I remember when I was a kid, I started working in a pizza place at 
15, 16 years old. And there were the people that always stood out the most to me were the adults that I looked up to that took time to know me as a child. Right. There were guys that would take me out to play golf or they would like, they would let me share my interest in music with them or tell me about the music that they liked or show me new things. And so you know, if you'll notice at work, dude, I always talk to like the hosts and the the younger people. And I ask, I ask them, Hey man, what's going on in your life? Like, what do you like to do? Because I know that they're not getting that anywhere else. Yeah. They're not getting guidance or they're not getting reassurance that what they are into is cool. Yeah. Like they want to feel cool too, man. Of course. Definitely. So like, I don't know. When I was, when I was growing up, like around their age, maybe a little bit younger, I had a lot of my mom's friends, right? Um, for those of you listening, my mom had me when she was uh, 15. So she had a lot of like friends at large, uh, social life and stuff. Um, as I grew up, they became my family because the other half of my family was somewhat estranged. Um, they were the ones that provided me that guidance, you know, that's where I learned like who I was, the things that I liked. It kind of prepared me for the future. It was essentially like, it takes a village to raise a child. That was my village were those people that I had grown up around. And I noticed that a lot of the type of like socially awkward people that are brought up with like uh, sheltered lifestyles and whatnot, I can almost tell that they didn't have that type of community uh, growing up. And that really sucks as well. And that brings that back to my little brother because he never has had that either. And it feels bad for the kids that aren't getting any guidance at home with their parents. And they're not getting any guidance with the people that are around them. The only thing that they have to go off of is, I would suppose, their friends. You know? Yeah, you're probably right, man. And at the same time, they're going through the same issues. So it, it's possible we might actually see a generation of people that massively just raise themselves, you know? And I think that that would bring on a new age of enlightenment, anyways. It breaks that, it would break that cycle of having opinions uh, passed down through parents and whatnot and what it would do is allow them to think for themselves like a new age of free thought like almost like a new uh, a new renaissance of some sort you know yeah you could be right yeah you could be right that's what I. but then again we also have this perspective where you know we live in a place where everything's readily available and we always you always hear the the comment Ah, it's 2019 how is this still going on (laughs) like it's only that 2019 here Right. Like if you go to Sudan, it's it's, dude, it's, it's 1750 and those people are happy as fuck. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? So yeah. like this perspective is really crazy on what happiness truly is, right. or how to, how to get along. And it's all going to come crashing down anyway. Of course. It's all going to, I mean, it's all going to be fucked. It's a end. cyclical thing. Like right. I know it's coming. I used to be really afraid of that, actually. Like, I used to be terrified, terrified of the aspect of, like, society completely collapsing, you know? And then I, I think it was, like, one day. I can't remember the fuck I was. I think I, like, got fired from Disney or something, right? And I was like, yeah, I think I need that right now. <laughs> Did I, I say it was 1900? It's 2019, right? Yeah, it's 2019. I don't, I don't know. I think I said something stupid. But... You might have. You can listen to it later. I don't edit these very much. <laughs> this is a uh, good talk. Definitely, man. Uh, well, I think we're going to close it out there. Thank you guys for listening, though. Uh, this is the Advomero podcast. Previously was the Pain Panado podcast, but yeah, things change. And I think we got to learn how to deal with change, right? 
if you don't, then you're fucked. <laughs> That's the only constant is change, right? That is the only constant. Take it easy, guys, and I'll see y'all next week. Bye.